1: Welcome back to Straight Talk with Sandra Eche. I'm very excited to be here with you today because we're talking about a topic that is very dear to my heart. Really, my entire adult life, when you think about it, has been trying to help people live their best lives and try to apply what I've learned in my own life because it wasn't always great. And um, there are really secrets. Like I say in the opening segment, there are secrets to living your best life. So today we're going to talk about love. But before I go to such a specific topic, I want to talk about the theme song here. If you read about what the show was going to be about today, one of the things was that our unconscious mind and our conscious mind, do not always say the same messages so what do i mean by that let's say it's happened to me many times a client comes to my office and says i'm dying to get married and i go oh okay i understand that no problem what happens when i see that they keep choosing this happened to me with a real client many many years ago they kept choosing somebody who lived in very far away countries and um As the show is called Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, I am a Straight Talk with Sandra Reich therapist. So at one point, I had to say to the client, "Um, no, you don't want to get married. She looked at me in shock. She said, what are you talking about? I spend every minute of my life thinking about how much I want to get married. How could you say something to me like that? So we had to talk about the fact, and this is what I really want to talk about today, is that sometimes we say we want something, but our behavior is not consistent with what we want. Um, so you have to tell yourself the truth, and your behavior always tells you the truth. So in the case of someone who says they want to get married, when they're constantly saying that they want to get married, but they're choosing someone in faraway countries or unavailable men or unavailable women... The truth says they don't want to get married. So that's an example of what I want to talk about today. So I had to call up somebody very special and ask her to come be on the show. And she's going to be joining us in our second segment. We got the sassy psychologist in the house. Okay, so sassy psychologist Anna Maria Tosco actually works at the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. And I will be giving a proper intro soon. But the reason I called her up to come on the show today is because she likes to talk a lot about how... uh, In her blog, Sassy Psychologist, that people who say they're looking for love aren't always looking for love, much like the example I gave on marriage. Now, if you're listening right now and you're like, well, you know, that's not me. I'm not looking to get married. I am married. This is not an issue. How about when you say you want to go to the gym? Do you really want to go to the gym? Or is that what you say to yourself? So one of the tricks of life I really feel and really what I want to highlight today is that you... For change to happen, you have to tell yourself the truth. And my truth in my head and my truth behaviorally are not always the same thing. So in my head, I say I want to go to the gym. I want to be physically fit. I want to eat tons of broccoli. I want to do everything right. But my but my body, on the other hand, might be watching reality TV and eating brownies. Okay. Now, what most people do is when they're eating eating the brownies and watching reality TV is they sort of push that away, and they go back to the thought that they want to go to the gym, and they want to eat broccoli, and they want to be physically fit, but the problem is they're not telling themselves the truth, so here's my question, why are they not telling themselves the truth, and I want to answer that, okay, think about it, if you're listening, why don't we tell ourselves the truth, this is a very important psychological question, why don't we tell ourselves the truth, and I have the answer for you. We don't tell ourselves the truth because the truth is not always pretty. So the truth may be that I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to be physically fit. I don't want to eat broccoli. I want to eat brownies and I want to watch reality TV because I work a lot of hours and I'm tired. But that doesn't fit with who I want to be. Who I want to be is this person who lives their best life and goes to the gym and so on and so forth. So I have to play a game in my mind at that. I have to Tell myself one story, live another story, and somewhat almost be victimized by myself. So I want to break this down a little bit. Why is it so important to tell the truth? Because if I were to say, you know what? I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to be physically fit. I want to eat brownies. There'd be a part of me that would say, no, 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 no. I want to be physically fit. But that's interesting because then I can wrestle and I can go, okay, hold on. How badly do I want to go to the gym? How badly do I want to get married? How badly do I want to reach that next level in my career? And then I have to look at that. Maybe if I'm not doing it behaviorally, maybe I don't want it as bad as I say. And then I got to show myself some compassion because that's okay. Maybe I don't want to be the world's most fittest, sorry, the world's fittest person. Maybe, I would like to do exercise once in a while. No problem. I can renegotiate. But if I don't tell myself the truth, I can't renegotiate. And what's going to keep happening is I'm going to keep telling myself I want to go to the gym and be fit. And I'm going to keep not doing it. I'm going to keep using excuses. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Let me give a personal example. So many years ago, Um, I was in private practice and I decided that I would like to open a clinic. I may have even told this story before and some people listening might know it. So I was sitting in my office and I would say over and over again that um, I want to open a clinic and I need to find an office. And every day, I honestly, I swear straight talk listeners, I would forget, forget to call anywhere to find an office. So after about two weeks of doing this, maybe three and honestly, I do want to say, I really, I'm saying it to my people here. I really did quote unquote forget, but I know this trick that I'm teaching you today. So what I did is I said to myself, what's going on? And I said, my, my one part of my brain said, that I I forgot. I just forgot. And the therapist part of my brain said, I don't buy it. You don't forget things that are important to you. What's really going on? Could it be that you're afraid? And, my ego went i'm not afraid why would i be afraid and i went um the therapist part of my brain i know this sounds very schizophrenic excuse the expression but sometimes we have to try to look at our many ways of thinking and to find the truth the other part of my brain went into okay there's something going on would you admit there's something going on if you consistently forget something for 3 weeks in a row and I couldn't really argue with that because if I really want to find an office, why wouldn't I call? So that part of my brain said, okay, if it's really not fear and if it's really nothing else, why don't you call right now? Call a place right now. And I felt the resistance come. So I found out in that moment, uh uh-oh, I guess I am scared. Maybe I feel I'm successful as a therapist. Why push my luck? So I dialed the phone and P.S., by the way, the number I called is where I'm at today. It's this exact office that we're filming in right now. But I would never, it would have gone on and on and on if I would not have told myself my behavior and my words are not adding up. I am saying I want to open a clinic, but I'm forgetting week after week to look for an office. So I want you to be curious. Be curious about the things you say you want. What have you done lately towards your goal if it is about love and today we're going to talk about love Anna Maria is going to come on and blow us away with her brilliance and she's going to talk about how people sabotage their love lives and we're going to talk together about the messages that we send even people in love relationships, how sometimes you can be in a love relationship and you say you want your partner's attention, but (laughs) you are doing things that are going to stop them from paying attention to you and you don't realize you're doing it. So it becomes very interesting to have, I guess you could call it a take-home therapist on your shoulder, a lot cheaper than therapy too, to question yourself. That's what us therapists do is we say, Oh, we say things a lot like, oh, that's interesting that you didn't call for the office. We say that so that you'll think about why you didn't do it. So if you're in a love relationship or you're looking for love and you're thinking to yourself, why is it not working out for me? Your first step is definitely going to be what I've been talking about, is to look at is your behavior consistent with what you say you want? I'm going to give another example. I've had a busy week here at the center. I've seen many couples in every couple I saw this week, I saw, I would say almost everyone, I saw situations where a partner wanted something from their partner, but they did not say what they wanted. They actually may have actually set up the partner to definitely, and we're going to talk with Anna Maria how you might be doing that, how they definitely um, actually unconsciously sent the message to their partner, To do the exact opposite of what they want, which then led, and I don't want to be too esoteric here, so let me break it down to you. So example, I want my husband to pay, be very romantic with me and pay a lot of attention to me, but I'm always busy when I'm at home. I'm not available. Interesting. Am I really, and I'm not asking for him to pay attention, so I'm busy. So he thinks to himself that he's going to, he's going to give me my space. He thinks he's being really nice. And I'm thinking, he doesn't love me because if he loved me, he'd be paying attention to me. So, you know, one of the things that I Straight Talk is all about and everything I do is about is that there's great freedom in taking responsibility. It's scary as heck. So I'm basically asking that you take responsibility for your part of the dance and love your part in any behavior or habit that you wanted to form and you were not able to, but I'm going to give you something in return is I'm going to give you the ability to change your life. Now, why do I say that? Because if I'm relying on someone else, my husband, he has to pay attention to me and I'm not going to ask him for it. I'm just going to be really busy and wait for him to do it. Then he gets all the power. So a lot of you are going to say, but I don't want to have to say to someone what I want. And I'm, I'm going to ask you, why not? Why don't you want to say to someone what you want? If you want to get a behavior from someone else, what would be wrong for asking for it? So the romantics are going to say, or might say, if he really loved me, or she really loved me, he or she would know. No, they wouldn't. (laughs) No, they wouldn't. They, I just came back from a couple's retreat. And, you know, one of the things we know in research is people give the gift they want to receive. Not the gift you want. As a matter of fact, if you ever want to find out what someone wants to receive, look at the gift they give you. That's what they want. So, your partner often is going to give you space because they, that would be a beautiful gift for them, but it's not a beautiful gift for you. So we have to consider the messages we send people to review. We have to look at taking responsibility. And we have to look at how we sabotage ourselves unconsciously. What is something that you are dreaming of? Every week at the end of the show, I ask you to keep your eyes on the stars. Take a moment right now and think about something that you want is it lose 10 pounds is it get more physically fit and you guys in the room too think about this is it build your career to the next level make more money which one of those appeals to you and I'm going to ask you after you think about the question I'd like you to take what I'm telling you on Straight Talk today and when Anna Maria joins us and ask yourself, is your behavior reflective of your desire? So going forward, if you say, for example, you'd like to make more money, what is the plan? What are you doing about it? What's the plan? So, if you want to meet that special someone, Anna Maria is in the room. If People want to meet some, someone special, and everybody's going to talk about that, uh, but they're staying home all the time, or they're very cold on when they meet somebody. Do they really want to meet someone? How about when they find something wrong with everyone they meet? Now, I'm not saying every blind date should go well. They certainly, I've heard some terrible stories. But I am saying that if your behavior is not consistent with your desire, you are sabotaging your love life. You are sabotaging your exercise life. You are sabotaging um, your fitness or what—or making more money, okay? Again, I, if I say to myself, I want to make more money, my next question has to be, How? And then I have to check if I do it. Now, here's the problem. Here's the conflict. Is that the ways to make more money are probably going to take me out of my comfort zone. The ways to meet that special someone are going to take me out of my comfort zone. And losing weight and eating more greens, that's all going to take me out of my comfort zone. So now I'm asking you as your homework before we take a commercial break and we'll be back with Anna Maria. I'm asking you to write down your goal. What is it you want to work on? And then I want you, and you can write to me at info at healthforanxietydepression.com during the week and let me know, what did you do this week towards meeting your goal? And if you notice that you forget, then you need to have a talk with yourself. What's really going on here? Maybe maybe you're not as comfortable at making more money or finding that love or building your career, or losing weight as you think you are. Now, it might, you might have the thoughts, how could that be? Well, the great Marianne Williamson says, we're not afraid of our failures, we're afraid of success. It can be scary. So, let's take a moment now to sort of breathe that in and think about what's on your mind. You can call us, you can write to us, what's on your mind, how do you wanna change your life? And if you did tune in today for love, we're going to have a great discussion about love life, whether you're with a partner or whether you'd like to meet someone. I've got Anna Maria coming on the other side of the break, and we're going to talk about how you might be sabotaging your life with love life without even realizing it. We'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Rich.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reish. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary Anxiety Videos Therapy Series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now anxiety videoscom and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reisch, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at Spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or Spamunari.com. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to straight talk. Here's Sandra Reich.
1: We're back with Straight Talk, and we're having a lot of fun today. Um, we're trying a few new things. Uh, a colleague of mine, a few colleagues of mine, filmed their radio shows, and I thought that was so brilliant. So we're filming today. We're going to put it up on the Facebook if you want to see what goes on behind the scenes. And... Um, we're here, So we're here with Anna Maria, and we're going to introduce her, and, and Robert's here with us, our manager of filming, and we're just having a really good time, and we want to reach out to everybody who supported the show. So Anna Maria Tosco has been on Straight Talk before, and we've absolutely loved having her, and I want to talk about who she is a little bit. So first of all, I'm just so happy that she's here Um, Anna Maria Tosco is our sassy psychologist. She's also known as our sassy psychologist. (laughs) She works here at the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. She has two master's degrees in the field of psychology and has studied and worked coast to coast. She has worked in both psychiatric and community settings in some of Montreal's most respected healthcare organizations and institutions, and has also given a variety of talks and workshops on neuroplasticity, meditation, and uncovering barriers to love. Now, that's the official bio uh, what I want to say about her is she is an expert on love. And what I love about that, she's an expert on many things, is that Anna Maria has been very honest with me and many during May talks about how she applied these, what I talked about in the first segment, these theories of the unconscious mind sabotaging her in her own love life. Absolutely. A lot. Mm-hmm. So welcome back to Straight Talk, Anna Maria. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, for being me. here. Thanks for being
2: here Sandra I hope- Rish, It's always a good time. We're having a lot of fun already. Yeah.
1: So I saw you writing feverishly during the first segment. What were you thinking? During that segment. Um, listen, you always have that effect on me. You know. Really?
2: Uh, yes, yes, yes. I like no, that. I loved all the examples you were giving, and I also loved um, the exercise. I really wonder how people are doing with that. I'd love to get feedback, but um, sabotaging.
1: Yeah. What about that? And what about that in love? Right? Do really? Why would anyone ever sabotage themselves in love? Like we love love. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. So, so it, how could it be? It's so
2: funny because I know before you were saying, you you you, you said it perfectly about avoiding uh, success, successful mm-hmm. relationships. Why? Right? Right. Avoiding failure, avoiding anxiety, avoiding fear, avoiding all of those uncomfortable feelings that you probably had before at some point. You know how many clients I see who come in and they say, oh, you know, uh, my girlfriend did me wrong. We lived together. I shouldn't have bought a house with her. So now I'm never buying a house with anybody ever again. And it's such a shame because, you know, there's, it's, uh, it was one, it was an instance, it happened, it's terrible and you have to grieve about it. But, you know, you shouldn't sabotage, you know, the future and upcoming relationships perhaps. But is that sabotage? sabotage? Is that sabotage? Well, listen, if you get into another relationship and, you know, you're basically like, I don't know, should we move in? I'm not sure. Yeah, I would say could very well be.
1: What do you think? I, I actually 100% agree. And I think that um, it's, it sets up, a, because it's a new partner. So the new partner is like, why won't he or she buy a house with me? Mm-hmm. And so it sets up a whole bunch of stuff, the stuff yeah. that will cause like the in between. Oh. You know, all the in between. The in between is an important part of a relationship, the things that aren't said, yeah, the stuff.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like working on your wounds first. You know, one of the things that we both, you know, agree on, I think is mending the hurt first, you know, before getting into a relationship or before, you know, if you are sabotaging, you have to uh, mend the hurt first.
1: Okay, so what do you mean by mend the hurt? You mean from previous relationships? If you have hurt, you have to have worked through it, or you're going to bring it to your next relationship. I suspect you mean that. Absolutely. Good. That, isn't that? Do you see that with your clients? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. And sometimes it even goes as far back as childhood. Sometimes it's not your previous relationship; it's your childhood. Yes. I mean, my couple retreats are all about that. Mend yes. the hurt of your childhood, or you're going to replay it. I guarantee it. Money back guarantee. Absolutely. And, and you know uh, about those couples retreats,
2: by the way. Uh, um. I refer some of my clients to them, and they're just floored. Because of that, though, so many people don't realize that the things that did happen to them in their childhood do affect them in adulthood. And you always say, Sandra, you know, you say this. You basically say, um, you know, nobody had a perfect childhood. No. And some people say, oh, my childhood was fine. You know, when you do an assessment Those or you ones do are an the ones evaluation. Those that worry me the
1: most. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, because so many people don't realize that, oh, maybe that affected me. You know, what happened in grade three with Mrs. Jones, who called me stupid one day.
1: I think you bring up such a good point, so I'm mm-hmm. going to stay on that for a second. Yeah, because please. that is a constant problem. Because we live in a world where people have been sexually abused and physically abused and terrible things have happened, mm-hmm. I think people who grew up with a, you know, a, a fairly quote-unquote normal family, they feel that it's very wrong to say that their child would was anything less than perfect. Yes. And so when they come in and say that, it's the problem is that there's always a wound there's always wounds that happen because there is no perfect parenting. I mean, we're parents, we can't live up to that either. Yeah. So If you don't, if you can't acknowledge there was wounding, then you can't repair it. So it's not even me at the workshops. It's the concept in psychology, which is much bigger than me, that those who forget the past are condemned to relive it. Mm -hmm. So we need to isolate the wound. So if you're one of those people who says your childhood was perfect, you do yourself a tremendous disservice Mm -hmm. because I'm sure it was very good. And I don't want to throw your parents under the bus. But if we can't find out what hurt you, all I have to do is, you know, put me in your house mm-hmm. for a few days or a few weeks, and I'll watch your first fight, and I'll find your wound. Brilliant. And she you, will, too, ladies I'm, and gentlemen. Find your wound. She will. <laughs> <laughs> You're adorable. But if if there's a wound, and you know that something triggering from the past, then you can repair it. Yeah. But the, I, I'm so glad you brought that up, Adam, yeah. Maria, because I didn't think of talking about that in the first segment. The concept of I had a perfect childhood because my parents didn't abuse me so what is it they were good to me they were yeah. we were happy people you no know,
2: something I want to say about that though Sanders I preface this work when I do this with my clients I preface it with I'm not in the parent bashing business because no, sometimes no. we don't want to say anything about our parents no. I mean I love my parents dearly but I know they're not perfect and as I grew older I realized I'm like wow my mom is brilliant here and I love her, but in this area, mm, and it affected me into adulthood. So I prefaced this work with my clients with, we're not parent bashing, you know, for a lot of my clients, not all of them, okay, because there are, there are some not so good parents out there as oh, well. yeah. But, you know, for, for people who say, no, I had great parents, they were loving and all that stuff, I preface it with, I'm not parent bashing here, uh, but you, nobody's perfect. You know, you didn't have um, perfect caregiving. You did experience flawed caregiving somewhere, be it with your parents, be it with a teacher, be sure. it with like a, your grade five math teacher who said you were inadequate, you know, one day, um, but you didn't escape flawed caregiving in some capacity. So it's important to kind of
1: go back there and see what happened. So important. And I, you know, what I on what I want to say about this though is for people listening, if you're like kind of going, I don't know about this, I, I'm not sure. Here's the test. You know, I like these exercises, so take a moment and think about the last time you went from zero to ten in anger very quickly. Okay, so maybe somebody didn't respond to your email and that really triggered you, or someone someone um, took too much space in the supermarket, or somebody was indirect with you, um, you know, or. Any example where you go from zero to 10 very quickly, that is your wound. Mm -hmm. That tells you something about your past because you wouldn't be going from zero to 10. Not everyone goes to zero to 10 on the same things. We go to zero to 10 on different things. So your first point, Anna Maria, is heal the past, past relationships, mend the hurt, as you say so well. I have a question. Mm -hmm. In the first segment, I talked about clients over the years that tell me they want to get married. Okay. And then they choose unavailable people. You heard me talk about that. Have you seen this phenomena? Because this confuses oh. me enormously.
2: Oh, my God. It's yeah. everywhere. Um, okay, so what's that all about? Uh, listen, I think that people's behaviors are the gateway in. So if you, listen, if you are not ready to go there, you're not ready to do therapeutic work, fine. This, this info is not for you. But if you are ready and you're like, man, I am tired of this. I am tired of bad dates. I do, or I do want to get married. I really, really, really do. Really? Okay. You might. But you know you have to analyze your behavior. Your behavior is the gateway in. So when you're ready to call yourself out on the stuff that you might be doing that's maladaptive, that's not good, that's sabotaging, then we can talk.
1: You know? Okay, so you're saying that... Um, you have to look at your behavior. Once again, we have to look at our behavior. And for everybody listening who, you know, and everyone understands maladaptive, just yeah. to be clear, <laughs> it's like behavior that's not going to bring you to where you want to go. So if I'm dating, Anna Maria, mm-hmm. what would be an example of maladaptive behavior? Sure. So now. Again, you have to be willing to look at this. So,
2: if you were on a date, this is my favorite thing because everybody can picture being on a date. Can you picture being on? A oh date, yeah, I'm sure, right. They're looking so you, at you in the exactly. eyes. Exactly. Is there
1: like candlelight? You know, there might be. Uh, I like candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> could there be candlelight? Please, there could be in let's, my let's fantasy let's put here. Candlelight Thank there. you.
2: We're putting candlelight there. Yeah. Here's okay. the date. So now, it's it's um, it's a beautiful exercise. So, what well, you are on a date, ladies and gentlemen? Think yeah. about it. Yes. What are you doing? So. Well, let's, we can let's talk about a few it. things. Let's walk let's through talk it. Let's talk about, we can talk about. Can I be eye- the
1: client? Yeah, sure. In this game? Well,
2: we can talk about eye contact. Okay. We can talk about conversation. Okay. Uh, let's, let's talk about conversation. Okay.
1: So can so, I be the person? Can you ask me what I'm doing? Of course. Okay. You so want me to like,
2: so I'll be. I want you to see if a I'm a good right dater.
1: Now? I want, no, I want you to analyze if I'm a good dater. Well, listen. So that people can live vicariously through so, me. Sandra Rich. When yes. you
2: are on a date. Yes. And your date asks you uh, what do you do Wow, haven't heard that one before, but no. Your date asks you, hey, what do you do? What do you say? What do you say? I say I'm the
1: clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and yes. and I host a radio show called, St- no, I answer, right? Yes, you answer. Right. Yes, well,
2: that is the right answer. Yeah. So essentially, you do have to answer. Right, you, so I don't do the, oh, enough about me, let's talk about you. Exactly. That's what you're getting now, at. Now, I, I saw a client maybe, you know, a few years ago, I remember quite vividly, and we were talking about her being on a date, and... She she can't talk about herself. And I mean, f- forgive the cheesiness. A part of me is like, you have to let your light shine. You have to celebrate yourself. But not like, oh, I'm so great. I'm so wonderful. Like, you know, I do that. Like, I, kn- I know you want to be more humble than that. I get it. And I, of course you should be. When you're on a date and somebody asks you what you do, you have to answer them in a full sentence a little bit of eye contact with a period at the end of your sentence so
1: you can't go on and on and right, on. Not right not go on and on because they don't want to hear 20 minutes about your like all the things you do
2: not 20 minutes and not two seconds right just tell them what you do just like yeah. sandra did so yeah. brilliantly
1: i am the so I, like, i'm date i'm date worthy <laughs> yeah. you know i didn't actually date so i'm quite curious about this enemy i'm not even joking i well, i don't think i've ever gone on a date
2: oh let's talk about eye contact can you We know, when you're on a date, can you? Yeah,
1: well, it's funny you say that because I've been working with a lot of clients lately on eye contact. And I think, and with children, I help parents a lot with that. I I was just giving a workshop this week about if if there's no eye contact, the eyes are the windows to the soul, Mm. so to speak. And it's intimacy, right? So if we can't have eye contact, we're not connecting, how well could the day be going? Mm-hmm. So I'm you know I'm guessing in, in your work with sabotaging love. I'm guessing if you can't maintain any eye contact that would be a bad sign. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, but it's hard, right? Because a stranger is looking at you. Yes. And like if you have insecurities, yes. you're afraid they're going to see them. Yes. So now you
2: let's you do have insecurities let's say if you're a client of mine we're talking about looking for love and you obviously do have insecurities. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And okay. I don't want them to see it. Check. So now what do we do when I'm coaching them? Because this does involve a little bit of coaching as well. So if we're talking about dating, so we've worked through their hurt. We know they're insecure. We know what their maladaptive or bad behaviors are on a date. Um, we talk about the fact that anxiety will settle. So uh, when they are on this date and this person is asking them a question. So, Hey, what do you do at, what I talk about with my client is at that moment, you will have a surge of anxiety. You'll be like, Holy crap! Oh, this is my time. And, and sometimes my clients say, Anna Maria, you were in my head. I knew it was my test. I knew it was my my time to shine. I'm like, yes. You know, and you have all of this anxiety, but so you have to push through it. Push through that anxiety, respond, that displays beautiful self-esteem, self-respect. Even if you have to fake it till you make it the first couple of times, I don't care, I'll take it. Full sentence, period at the end. Tell them what you do, let your light shine excuse the cheesiness, but there it is. Right. So
1: (laughs) I think it's very, it's actually not cheesy. I think we have to let our light shine. Um, So what about this unconscious stuff that I talked about? Like, let's get back to it a little bit is, uh, you know, I wonder when you heard the first segment, um, this idea that our unconscious mind has a different plan than our conscious mind. Um, Are you in agreement with that? Yeah, I am definitely. So now we have
2: to realize that not everybody buys this idea of the unconscious, but we do have unconscious fears. And these unconscious fears come from uh, um, uh, threatening things or, you know, things from the past that we want to push away. So what happens is our our unconscious says, oh, my God, I I don't want to go back there. So then we sabotage.
1: So the unconscious is very much involved. Okay. So... The unconscious mind may not feel that we're worthy of love, for example. So if we had parents who, you know, implied that we would never, you know, amount to anything or be worthy of love, not lovable, yes. which, again, unfortunately, those messages can be very subtle. They're not always apparent. So we're clear. This is not always a parent walking up to you and saying you're not worthy of love because we'll be back to people who saying they had a perfect childhood because no one ever said that. It's not usually stated so directly. It's subtle. We do send messages to our kids that are subtle Mm -hmm. and sometimes give the idea um, that they're not good enough. Yeah. They internalize it. And so, you know, I'm glad you said that we're not in the business of parent bashing because I always tell people it's also perceptive, meaning... If I believe that I got the message from my parents that I wasn't something enough, it doesn't even mean that they did that. It means that's how I perceived it. Mm-hmm. And that's all that counts. Mm-hmm. So if you feel guilty saying anything about your childhood, lose the guilt. Mm-hmm. It's your perception. And it's okay. Let's work with that. Yeah. So if I got the message, I'm not lovable or worthy, am I going to choose someone who's going to treat me in a lovable, worthy way? No, I'm not. No, I'm not beautiful because explained. I need to prove myself right.
2: Yeah, this uh, the concept of internalization is so important in psychology. Do you teach it with your clients? A lot,
1: yeah. a lot. We have to always look at what's the story we tell ourselves. Yeah, what's the story? And I know you're big on that too. Yeah, is what's huge. the story you're telling yourself? So even if you're listening right now, mm-hmm. what's the story you tell you yourself about you? Yeah, is it a story of I love uh, like you said, uh, shine your light? I say, be a diamond. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you feel you're lovable? Do you feel you're worthy right now? That's the question we're asking here today. Are you lovable? Are you worthy? Wouldn't that be an important question before a date?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They would have to, like, I tell my clients that they have to prep. They have to prep. Like, yeah. you know, their their self-esteem before a date, you have to go through all of the tools. You have to go through all the things we practiced in session before you go on this date,
1: you know? And Maria, we're going to take a short break in a minute, but I'm going to leave with a teaser here. So, um we I'll ask you this question. We still have a minute before the break. Of boundaries. It, do you think boundaries are important before that first date? Because I do. Do you, <laughs>
2: exactly. you think they're important?
1: Be very mindful of your
2: boundaries before going on a date or being in a relationship. Why? Uh, because otherwise, you are disrespecting yourself if you don't have them.
1: So, this is a little bit where the teaser comes in. So, I get dressed up. I put my makeup on. I'm going to do my eye contact. I've decided I, I'm i shining my light. I feel like a diamond. This, by the way, could be a date with my husband. Even. Mm-hmm. Oh, it doesn't yes. have to be a new person. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I get to the dates, okay, with my husband or um, the new man in my life, and I have my boundaries and I'm on this first date or this romantic date night with husband and the person's looking at their phone the whole time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Maria, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a few minutes. Sure. We're going to take a break and I want, I want to come back with and for you to tell people what on earth do I do? This is straight talk. We'll be right
0: back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to voice America, health and wellness. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. We can't talk. We're back.
1: God, the time is going very fast. Anyways, mm-hmm. I, I was just saying on the break, I guess you heard me. God, the time is going fast. We're back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. So we left... With the brilliant Anna Maria Tosco from com, (laughs) with the question, I'm on a date with a new guy or with my husband, and he is looking at his cell phone the whole time I'm there. Where do boundaries come in? What do I do? And are boundaries important, or do I just say, you know what, it's okay? Mm -hmm. What do I do, Anna Maria?
2: Okay. Ultimately, now you have to be honest with yourself. What do you need? What do you
1: want? So I'm going to ask you, Sandra Riche. You're on a date with someone. I don't want to be watching somebody on their phone. I know that much. Yep. So, listen, you have a few
2: choices. You can be direct and you can tell the person in the moment if you'd like to. Or. What would you, I
1: say? Well, well, let's see. Um, I know what, to what I'd di- say, but yeah. I'm asking you.
2: Well, the the reason why I'm hesitating a little bit is because not everybody is necessarily comfortable with as much directness. No, if they don't want to say we have
1: other alternatives. But if I were to say something, if it's with my husband, what could I say?
2: I don't appreciate the fact that you're on on your phone. I was looking forward to this date.
1: Could I also? Yeah, great. So could I also say, listen, if you have a whole bunch of calls to do, let's meet up at another time. Yep. Okay I another option
2: that. And now if it's your first date for
1: example and you're yeah, just not
2: impressed that's then no you, that's it you know the 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 boundary has been created, you cannot sue this person again.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I'm glad you said that. I didn't know if you'd take such a harsh stance. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Because it doesn't get better than the beginning. <laughs> so if the first it really doesn't. So if the begin because we're it's like a job interview, right? People are on their best behavior on their first date. Mm-hmm. So if on the first date somebody's looking at a phone and he's gorgeous and has beautiful white teeth and a great body, it's just not gonna cut it because it's not gonna get better than this. So on a first date, if I have to tell you get off the phone, that's mm-hmm. probably not a good sign for Unless I want to date someone who's not so available. All right. Seems unlikely.
2: Yes. I mean, your unconscious might be like, yes, he's perfect. Feels like home. Yeah. Feels, feels like, like dad. Feels like perfect. Yeah. yeah. Feels like dad. Yeah. Dad
1: wasn't around. This is easier and
2: sexier. I, I love that you said that, Sandra. Feels like dad. Because there's something else that I wanted to talk about today if, you know, if we got around to it. and actually sure. essentially, um, you know you say feels like dad. It's because, and we learned this uh, at some point, um, perhaps under your supervision, even that. Oh, thank you, Annabella. Yeah, I know it's thank true. Um, that our reward systems fire when we meet people who remind us of our parents. Now, listen, you might buy it, you might not, but here's the logic. The logic there is um, your pleasure systems, your reward systems fire because your parents, on some level, are your first loves. That,
1: that's right. They are. So
2: your parents are your first love. So now listen. Again, nobody's parents are perfect. So let's say you did have a dad who was busy a lot of the time or was preoccupied with something else. Or at least that's how you felt. Yeah. But when you meet somebody who does the same kind of thing, then you will be attracted. It
1: feels like home. Yeah, it feels like yeah. home. As a matter of fact, you'll be very attracted. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, strange, it's, I, like we joke around my sister and I am. It's a yeah. personal example. We go to a party or so. I mean, I'm happily married. Right. Um, but you know, we, we always joke if we were at a party tall, dark and emotionally distant. <laughs> that feels like home for that's us. So funny. Yeah, we I do say that tall, so dark and emotionally. Distant. I wish everybody oh, he's cute. Yeah. He's cute. It's not as flagrant as the phone. <laughs> right. Okay. But it's what it reminds us of a lot of what we grew up. in. Exactly. it's not a diss on my parents. Yeah. But that's. You know, the kind of sort of the the first love affair. Yeah. First love affair. And I,
2: I want to validate that even more because it, it's it's not only psychological, but it's physiological. We're talking about dopamine. We're talking about oh, neurotransmitters. Yeah, crack
1: cocaine of the brain. That fire.
2: Yeah. And it's so, yeah, shock. You're attracted to somebody who reminds you of your dad. Yeah. That'll yeah. happen.
1: Yeah. You know? So the thing is, I remember reading years ago that we have to be careful about that, because I remember reading in a book, and it was a very good book, actually, it was called uh, Reinvent Your Life. And in the book, it said, when you get the, I always, my, my, my clients laugh when I do that, the kind of like the, oh, my God, I've met my soulmate The book suggests that perhaps that's not even the right one. That's what the book suggested because it's almost so intense yes, right. that it's like your wounds are dancing right, together. Right. So this is beyond the phone. We started on the phone, but this is kind of like when it feels like, oh my God, I can't breathe. That right. may not be a good sign. Right. I love that. You know,
2: so many people would see it as, no, that's a great sign. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's yeah. the one or she's the one. Yeah. But I love this theory because it might be like, take a step back when yeah, that let's happens. Let's just
1: look. Let's be careful. Like yeah. tall, dark, and emotionally distant right. is going to wound me in the exact same way that I've been wounded. Sandra, so I feel
2: a- this is beautiful because it equips people. <laughs> no, it's true. It arms people with, I mean, this is a tool you could use because yeah. listen, I don't know about you, but I've been in the past, I've been like, I've had that surge oh, and the surge. guess what? Wasn't right for me. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah, me too. You I know.
2: And it's beautiful because we have psychological information, theories to back it up.
1: Yeah. You know, it might
2: not be the right thing when you have this coup de foudre, as they say.
1: That's exactly what it's called. I love that expression. Yeah, coup de foudre. So I'm glad you're mentioning that because I want you, we, we sort of, ended up here, but Mm -hmm. let's talk about the dopamine for a moment, so Mm -hmm. people understand it's a neurotransmitter Mm -hmm. that um, adaptively is there so that you couple with someone quickly, that's what they believe, and so you could procreate, but that's where they feel that's the adaptation of having dopamine, but it is the crack cocaine of the brain, it is like very heady, very exciting, it's like you can't breathe, it's unbelievable, and you feel like you can't live without the other person, and everything in the relationship is wonderful, at that point, you're finishing each other's sentences, two years years later, you're saying, why does he keep interrupting me, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. it's, it's quite an intense yeah, experience, so you have to be very careful about Absolutely. that, Absolutely. yeah, dopamine
2: to, is an excitatory neurotransmitter, and what happens is, it sends messages to the rest of the body, and that, that's, it says, that it's a kind of self-explanatory, it's excitatory, so you have a heart, racing heartbeat, you know, you have hypervigilance, you have all of this stuff, is very exciting based very. on this dopamine, and if uh, somebody can cause this dopamine release, Uh, It's interesting to think about because that person might not be the good person for you
1: well it's you know and people like it's it's fascinating the research on this because I'm sure you've seen this in your practice too is like children of alcoholics often fall in love with alcoholics over and over and over again and mm-hmm. they say but I didn't know he was an alcoholic but your unconscious mind knew something yeah. it felt like home because yeah. there's personality traits that show up over and over again in addicts yes so it felt like home and that's why there's this thing you know repetition compulsion that yeah. you can end up with the same relationship over and over again which is why coming back to looking for love mm-hmm. expert Anna Maria Tosco Maria is that I also say people have to earn their way out of a relationship because if you don't find she likes that. Love that. If you don't find what got you in trouble in the first place, you're going to have a nice no- dopamine rush again, but you're going to be you're, he's going to look or she, he or she are going to look different, smell different, be different. You're ending up in the same place. Do you agree? Absolutely.
2: You are go- you are doomed to repeat the same yeah. thing.
1: So we got to figure it out. So tall dark and emotionally distant, I had to figure that out. Yeah. Although and he is tall and dark. <laughs> Your but husband he's is. cool. He's cool. He's cool. But I had to also, part of the wound is also to work on giving to yourself. That's yeah. another whole other episode that we'll get to. Yes. Yeah. So this, it, it's again, mending the hurts, watching that the is not. You have to, you're sort of saying, Anna Maria, to bring also, like, the, one thing we know also about is when, um, when we're in this dopamine rush that all our fear centers shut down, meaning we're not as afraid. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. all, yeah, it's very interesting, Love actually. That. The fear centers shut down, but they come back when yes. the dopamine starts to blow. Yes. You're saying take a step back. And check, just like I started the show on take a step back. Do you really want to exercise? Take a step back. Is he really what I want? Mm -hmm. So in the extreme example that he's on the phone, and it clearly is a very extreme example. I think that would be pretty obvious to most people. Mm -hmm. But in that example, you know, he was, maybe he wasn't on the phone, but he was looking around the room and not really paying attention. But he was so cute. Maybe you have to bring in your neocortex, the thinking part of your brain Mm -hmm. and go, Uh, he wasn't that available. tonight. He's cute, but. Right. Exactly. It just, it just, listen, uh,
2: truthfully, it sucks sometimes because the dopamine rush is just so good that you can't get your analytic brain on board there. You can't get your prefrontal cortex to kind of help you out to, uh, to, to sort it all out, you know, because the dopamine is just so good, as you always say.
1: It's so good. Yeah. So good. So I want to ask you, if you were to give one piece of advice to people who are dating or struggling today in their relationships, what would it be, Anna Maria Tosco? If you are ready,
2: call yourself out. It's this idea, I think you talked about it before, this this sense of responsibility, the sense of I am not getting what I want, I need to start calling myself out. You need to start analyzing that behavior. You need to start realizing when your insecurities come into play. And it's really cool when I I love giving behavioral experiments in, you know, uh, in reality. I say, hey, okay, this is your homework. You're going on a date or you're online dating. You know, let's talk about your behavior, So if you are hesitating before sending that email, if you are not making eye contact, if you are talking too much or not talking enough, uh, I'm not saying that you're a bad person. I'm saying that you might not be um, – your insecurities might come into play. You might not be getting what you
1: want. Okay. So if I want to get what I want, Mm -hmm. I've got to also – you know, this comes to something I say, I think, if I understand you right, you tell me, is I got to make sure my love relationship with me is okay. Is that about, is that true? Is that fit with this? Is that where you're going? That I got to check in? Or, or is there somewhere else you want to go with this?
2: I think we both know that um, your relationship with other people is really more about the relationship you have with yourself. So if you are minimizing your needs, if you are bypassing what you want, you will attract people who will do that.
1: Yeah, a woman called me this week Mm -hmm. and she said to me, she was thinking about coming to the women's retreat this weekend and she said, "Um, is it really true that I have to love myself before I can have a love affair. Is that really true? Is that just something therapists say? And, you know, I'm glad you're agreeing because I think it's, it's mathematical equation. The reach equation I came up with a few years ago, which is that the love outside of you is directly proportionate to the love you give yourself. Even in my marriage, when I'm not loving myself and I'm mm-hmm. neglecting mm-hmm. myself, who suddenly is neglecting mm-hmm. me?
2: Mm-hmm. I love this. It's Sandra. the oddest thing. Of course. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Yes, please. You, you train other people. How to treat you, oh,
1: yeah, say that again, and so you
2: you train them, so, in other words, let's pretend that you decided to ignore the fact that the person across from you is on the phone yeah what what message does does that send? You keep doing things like that over and over and over again. they'll bypass you and they'll bypass your needs in the same way that you are bypassing your own needs by not saying anything it's It's really interesting, it's actually not a complicated equation, it's not a complicated formula. you will get what you give yourself, like you will get back, you know, how, how you're feeling about yourself. If you're feeling small, the person will, you know, minimize your needs.
1: That is exactly if, right. But if I'm a listener, I'm going, yeah. how is that possible? I don't get it. But you're 100% right. <laughs> but why if I... If I might make myself, if I make myself smile, how would that affect the person across the table? I don't get it.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that. So that example from before, you decided to not say anything and you allow that person to be on the phone while in your presence or while you were supposed to be engaging. Let's say you do that over and over and over which and over do. again, which people do. You are training them how to treat you. They'll be like, well, I'm on my phone. Man, she won't care. And they'll do it over and over and over again.
1: You know, I'll go so far as to say that by the time they come into therapy, a lot of the people who have done this, and they then tell their partner to get off the phone, the mm-hmm. partner is outraged. Ugh. How dare you? Of course. Because of that's course. the thing with boundaries. If you've let someone violate your boundaries for a long time, and then you suddenly put a boundary, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I get a lot of partners saying, who is this new therapist you're seeing? Like, <laughs> what the, you know, we're putting yes. an end to that right away. Isn't that, okay. a,
2: isn't that such a topic? You know, when you discuss boundary formation or forging yeah. new boundaries?
1: that you ruffle other people's feathers. That's what you will do. It happens all the time. Yes, but you know what, Anna Maria? You'll ruffle them in the long run. They'll be even more in love with you. Have you? Oh, oh, she's excited. Oh, no, that's that's brilliant. So 1st they'll resist and then they'll
2: respect you. Exactly. It's so funny. We always talk about respect. And we say, listen, if you do that, I know it. I know it feels counterintuitive. I know you think that by saying, hey, get off the phone, please. Or, hey, you know, I thought we were maybe um, hanging out. I'd really appreciate if you dropped your phone. You think that they'll hate you. You think that they won't like you anymore. But the truth of the matter is, you keep doing that and you'll actually get more respect, more like more appreciation, you know, they'll value your time even more. It's so interesting. It's fascinating. It's human nature. Yeah. Human
1: nature is so fascinating because, at first, when you put the boundary, the person's going to say, What's your problem? Who do you think you are? Yep. And ultimately, if you stand firm in your boundaries, yep. they're suddenly looking at you with more yep. love, more respect, more attachment. Yep.
2: You know, I have to mention, Sandra. Very good. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, of course, when my clients are engaging in this work and they're doing this work. I just want to acknowledge that it's not easy. Oh, so at that no. time, you know, when they decide to put their boundaries down, when they're forging these boundaries, it's really difficult Very because they are facing their fear. They are pushing through. And you their- will be tested. Yeah. You'll be tested. So it's so easy to fall back, and that's okay. You know, it's not an ultimate failure. You are working to a larger goal. I just want to acknowledge the fact that it is super hard when you start doing it. But, man, the payoff in the end. Oh, huge. You're going to get huge. ultimate respect. Yeah. It's so cool.
1: Yeah, it's so hard, and I'm glad you're saying it. It is really hard, and I would even go one step further. I would say it's so hard that don't even do it till you're ready. Yeah. Because if you put a boundary and then you back down, mm-hmm. unfortunately you've trained someone to not take you seriously. Mm-hmm. So yeah. once you put the boundary down, you have to mean business. So yeah. you have to kind of almost fake. I remember like I, I was a bartender and, you know, and I love these stories. I, I was a bartender and like, there's a pretty <laughs> rough crowd. Right. So they'd no come kidding. into the bar and like, I Did I, I, ever say, I think Sandra served me a drink once. I'm not oh, even really? saying, I swear to God. Oh, anyway. that's so we'll funny. We'll get into that later. but it's I right. had <laughs> to fake it till I make it. Cause there were like some tough people and I was not a, toughy but i acted like i was and it worked and i i I put my boundary like you can't talk to me disrespectfully unacceptable and inside i was shaking but it worked oh beautiful it worked beautiful it does work so you have to take yourself seriously we're back to the fact that what you get outside of you is directly related to what you give yourself we seem to be in strong agreement about that so if you want love in your life i guess there's no question you have to love yourself yeah yeah. No question. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, maybe a very quick, because we're running out of time, mm-hmm. what does it look like to love yourself? I'm going to give one and you can mm-hmm. give one. Loving yourself is go through the day and ask yourself every behavior you do, is this an act of self-love or is it an act of self-hatred? Um, when you eat, when you take that cigarette, when you mm-hmm. don't take time for yourself, when you don't go to the gym, whatever it is, when you give yourself a break because you can't go to the gym, talk to yourself nicely. What for you, Anna Maria, Huge. are acts of self-love? Um We'll talk.
2: This is probably uh, uh, for another show, but d- decrease the critical voice. In other words, yep. you have to be more compassionate. You know. So even if you don't times, go to the gym,
1: it's okay. It's okay. You'll try again it's, the next day. I
2: got to tell you, Sandra, uh, man, I, if I was sitting on the committee for the you know Diagnostic Statistics Manual and we were, you know making another <laughs> treatment for anxiety, I would I would put compassion compassion uh, compassion compassion right at the top of the list because so many people judge their feelings they judge their symptoms and it's not okay you have to have more compassion for self i know this kind of sounds you know uh, uh, like fluffy
1: but it's really not it's actually huge and i i'm really glad you're saying that (laughs) um we're at the part of the show where we like to talk about what's going on for you what's going on these days at the center so um Let's talk for a moment about how people find you. So you do work here at the Montreal Centre for Anxiety and Depression. You also have the blog. Yes. You want to tell people how they can find the blog? Yes,
2: of course, www.sassypsychologist.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. We're having exciting things happening in the fall. We're going to release a podcast. And we're also going to release self-help Homework with such a catchy title—I don't want to give it away right now. We're very excited about it, so that's well, coming. you back. To yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yes. And now, what about you, Sandra? I'm here with all of these beautiful posters. Yeah. I'm sure your listeners will be so curious.
1: Well, we actually—the posters aside—we actually have a summer series. We decided, Robert and I decided, actually, it would be a good idea to offer something to the public now, at this time of year, and we're we're starting off with a bang with sex. Aha, sex we have a sexologist cool. who's joined the team and she's giving a talk actually next Wednesday I believe that's the 15th at I'm looking at Robert yeah. at 7 o'clock here at the Brunswick for fourteen ninety nine. can't beat that no. 10 things that uh, you may not know about sex and sex therapy uh, should be an interesting who doesn't event. want
2: to come to that Oh, exactly. I come
1: can I come okay. it's going to be a fun one and we're following it up with many other series including positive psychology coaching to reach your goals and we are offering Uh, All sorts of package deals at incredible prices, very cheap. And just if you want to come out for a night and improve your sex life, improve your vision, become more successful, Mm. give us a call at 514-777-4530 or go on the website helpforanxietydepression.com. Anna Maria, we have 30 seconds Mm. left and I want to take them to say I love when you come on Straight Talk. You are just incredible it's a blessing to be here sandra i'm so
2: so grateful we have such a good time
1: so fun yeah and thank you for being a part of the first filming of stray talk and uh to be continued so for everybody listening um keep your eyes on the stars as i always say and keep maybe this week keep your eyes on also your unconscious mind is it saying the same thing as your conscious mind we'll see you next week (laughs) bye-bye
0: Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reisch. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.